gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another edition of the My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. This is episode, I believe, 149. And I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you doing today on this Sunday morning, evening, or even afternoon as you are listening to this episode? Or you might be listening to it on a different day of any week. I'd just like to ask, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I hope everybody was able to accomplish what they want to accomplish this past week. If you didn't, have no fear. This is a new week. You have a lot of time to accomplish whatever you want. So please take your time, do what you got to do to accomplish whatever goals you set for yourself this week and always believe that you can, because guess what? If you don't believe that you can, just think of the people that are rooting for you and just achieve it for them and make them proud, if anything else. Now, moving away from that, I want to get to the National Food Days of the Week. Today being November the 5th, it is National Donut Day. By the way, that's D-O-N-U-T, not the actual way to spell donut. So do not go to your uh, local donut shops and think you're going to get a donut from them. Because I believe they do that in like June, because there's two donut days. This one and the one that happens in June, they recognize that one that happens in June, not the one here. So please be careful with that. I mean, if you go to a bakery that might that might do this one and you got a free donut off of that congratulations for you but i'm just saying your crispy creams dunkin donuts i don't think they're going to do that with this but anywho moving over to the next day november the 6th it is national nachos day november the 7th it is national bittersweet chocolate with almonds day november the 9th it is national greek yogurt day november the 10th national pork belly day as well as national vanilla cupcake day as well as national Muscles Day, and to round us off, November the 11th, it is National Sunday Day. Now, sticking with the food theme, I do want to talk about two uh, situations. The first one is two guys being arrested this past week on a Wednesday. Um, This is coming from Harris, Texas. Two men were arrested Wednesday for allegedly coming up on 46 packs of meat. The suspects were identified as Jacob Trevino and Robert Stevenson. The press release says the matter unfolded after an officer observed a large amount of unbagged meat packages in the back seat of the vehicle during a traffic stop. Upon further investigation, the authorities determined Trevino and Stevenson boosted the meat from four different grocery stores, totaling over $1,129. So these two guys were arrested, booked into their local jail and the people was set their bond at $2,500. So if you only pay 10% of that, that's basically $250. So I'm pretty sure these guys or someone in their family probably got them out by now. Um, they stole this meat in oxtail. Now I'm not too crazy about oxtail. People love oxtail. I mean, oxtail is just a small piece of meat that comes in like a package. Like you get multiple clumps of it comes in the package. They get priced out astronomically over nothing in my personal opinion, but people go crazy with oxtail. Now you got to be absolutely crazy to be stealing 46 
packs of oxtail meat from four different locations. So if you do the math, that's about at least what 10, 10 or 11 from each store, but you at least got to go in there and grab 12, at least from two of them. So you're doing that here. That's not, no. You guys weren't smart like that. You guys should have took the easy 24 if you're going to do it or 23, just cut it by half and do your business there. But no, you guys decided to be greedy. 46 was too much. And also what made it worse was that when this, uh, when this news situation came out, on Twitter or better known as X. I'm still calling it Twitter because if you type in twitter.com, it's still going to pop up. So there you go. Um, when people got wind of this situation, people would go and basically talk about how it's crazy how one of the guys had an ankle monitor on. So you are already giving yourself a dead giveaway for where you are basically located. Because if you're wearing an ankle monitor, you're nuts. You're taking meat out of a store and you have a legit tracking device on you. So if they want to find you, they can find you pretty easy. So that was a dumb move on you. And again, stealing that many packs of meat, that's crazy. You should have just went with 10 or at least 23. You guys would have at least been fine with that. But no, you guys got too greedy and this is where you land up at. But again, Getting hit with $2,500 for bond, which equivalents to $250, in all instance, in reality, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's crazy to say that, but it's not bad. Nobody should be stealing meat out of a store. Let's make that perfectly clear. But when you get hit with that, it's not bad. Uh, a, law enforcement is going to do what they do. The court's going to do what they do with these two guys. Please, if you are in a situation where you cannot buy groceries or buy a specific item that you need just substitute it and go for a different item don't be stupid and steal something out of a store don't get yourself arrested over something so minuscule because this right here getting arrested over meat was minuscule so that's my thing i want to talk to you guys about that for one detail about the food situation second one i want to talk about this keith lee thing I did not really pay attention to this Keith Lee thing until it started making the rounds. For people that don't know, there is a uh, food, I would say food talker. He's not really a critic. He gives his opinions on things. So I really wouldn't call Homeboy a critic, but he gets labeled that. He gets the pristine of that because what he has done, and I will say that Keith Lee has been doing this. He at least came up on people's radars during the whole COVID business when people were losing their shops and uh, they didn't know what was going to happen to their place where they're going to keep it open or not. Keith Lee, this guy, he started going on TikTok, um, giving his honest opinion on certain food from different locations that he would frequent or go to. And with the popularity of Keith Lee's videos uh, being spread around online, people start going to those places, whether it was a good one or if it was a famous one. And he talked about how bad the service was. People would talk about that. I mean, Keith Lee is a respected guy in the way that he handles himself and the way he talks about uh, the places that he goes. But again, I still say that he gives his opinion. He's not too much of a critic, to be honest. But anyway, um, he was doing a food tour and people were sending him suggestions to where to go. He ends up going to Atlanta and he gets a whole lot of backlash because he goes to Atlanta. He has different different experiences at different restaurants that he tries to 
go into. Not him himself. There's a video that he tried to go to. I believe it was uh, Candy Burris's like old lady gang restaurant. He doesn't go in the first time. He sends his wife and his kids in there because Keith Lee's whole thing. He wants to be treated like a normal person. He doesn't want to get special treatment. So he sends his wife and kids in there so they can get a table and everything like that. Uh, they say it's going to take about an hour to an hour and a half. And they don't do uh, takeout orders, all this type of stuff. They report this back to him. And I don't know if they speed run this or whatever. He gets out of the car. Uh, he goes in there. And somehow, within five minutes, they're able to get him a table. And he questions, how are you guys able to get me a table when you guys told my family it's going to be an hour to an hour and a half? But now, somehow, you're able to get me a table. Either way, he talks about his experience. People get upset about it because... This is a black owner's restaurant. How dare you talk about this and all that type of crap. You got certain people who were riding with Keith Lee. You got certain people that weren't riding with Keith Lee. So this made Keith Lee basically now no longer do his whole little uh, food tour that he was supposed to be doing. So he had to take a stop and break on that. And you got a lot of people discussing that this past week. As I said, certain people were riding with him. Certain people were uh, being detractors of him. Here's my thing about restaurant culture. In restaurant culture, you know if you have a name and you're popping, whether you're in social media or you're in the light of just a, whether it now being a content creator that got some buzz or you're on TV being a uh, actor or director, whatever may have you, you have some kind of clout. So you know you're going to go into these places, you're going to be able to get these preferential treatments, you know what time it is when you walk in there. Now, I respect Keith Lee, he wanted to be the average everyday man, I understand that, I respect it, but he has to know full and well, that's not going to be the case. So for them to quickly say that, yo, I wasn't able to get you a table in five minutes, he knows the reason why, he just wanted to see if they're going to lie in his face about it. That's the game that he wanted to play, fine, that's cool, great for him, but you know what time it is. Now, do I respect that he says this was his experience? And by the way, he doesn't like crap on the business. After he gives his talk, he gives his reasonings for what he says and does. He always says, this is my experience. Don't judge someone off of my experience. You guys can go down there and have your own experience yourself and see what's up with it. He gives you guys the opportunity after the fact. He doesn't ever really like dogpile on it. So, he just given his own personal opinions. If you are working in the food industry, I would say keep that same energy or same situation with everyone. I understand there's going to be situations where there's going to be a big mega celebrity in there and you want to try to move tables around and uh, get them in. So you want to sit them there because you want the light, you want the buzz, you want all this type of stuff. However, if you have regulars that pop in there and you know who these regulars are i would say get your regulars into the tables get them in tell the celebrity ao hey, dog i'm gonna try to get you a table as fast as i can but i gotta set my regulars there because they always come around because they will be here when you're not here you got to level the playing field here there's got to be some type of playing field that be level when it comes down to the restaurants for real Celebrities can't always get preferential treatment once in a while. Yes, sure. But your regulars are always going to get these. You got to you got to at least nudge into the regulars that come around every day or at least once a week, twice a week. You got to give them more special treatment than celebrities, at least in my personal opinion, because as I said, your regulars will be here every time. 
your celebrities, they'll come in here once in a blue moon, whenever they're just around for doing whatever may have you. So if you're in the restaurant business, pay attention to your regulars. Pay attention to your celebrities, but pay attention to your regulars, but also have a great demeanor when you do something. Because you don't know who's always going to be around. You don't know who's going to be the next big person that's going to pop up or just say, you know what, after this service here, I'm either going to talk about you guys good, leave you guys a great review, this and that. Or in the way, in daylight like the way right now, if you get uh, bad service, somebody can just be a regular, regular person and then talk foul about you online. Somehow that can get them popping just off of them talking foul about you. Your service basically just got them popping because they're trashing you. A lot of people have been able to get buzz off of that. Sometimes people get buzzed because they talk great about a place and then they become the face for that place. Sometimes people get popping because they talk trash about a place. And now that place is known as being the trashy place that popped this person into the limelight. So if you're in the restaurant business, please just try to keep everybody at a fair level. Try to treat everybody well fair, decent, and don't get upset at anybody's opinions. That's their opinions. That's what they're going to do. Everybody has an opinion. It's up to you as a business, whether you're going to listen to that or not. If you see what that person is saying and it actually makes some type of sense, then do what you got to do. Make the adjustments that you need to make your business better so nobody will have to talk trash about your business again. But if that person is just trashing you because he got a bad meal or something like that, hey, everybody's off their game once in a while. Don't take that too serious. Just say, hey, man, sorry, you didn't get great service or you didn't get food that time. How about you come in next time? We'll get better next time, right? Like something like that. That's all I'm trying to say with this. But I hope Keith Lee continues to do what he does. People like him. Again, I didn't really pay attention to Mans that much until this thing popped around this week. And then I'm like, okay, because I knew of Keith Lee, but I didn't really like dive into his content like I had to dive in this week, the way that people were talking about him. So I hope Keith Lee continues to do what he does. He's a great guy. He seems real humble and meek the way that he talks and the way that he uh, critiques people's food. He doesn't want to wish bad on no one. He just wants people to uh, eat well and just be treated respectfully. And I hope that other businesses that will get Keith Lee in their store or restaurant don't take his words too seriously. Just take it as an opinion. And if you see some truth in it, fix whatever you got to fix in whatever he's uh, critiquing you on. Now, moving away from that, I do got to give some congratulations to the MLB uh, World Series winners. It is the Texas Rangers. They won this week in a series of four to one against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. I'm not too much of a baseball fan. I do like their jerseys though, and their hats are dope. But baseball, that seems like a too long of a game. Hey, more power to you guys for like withstanding all that. Congrats again. Congratulations to the Rangers. You guys did what you guys had to do. And four and one, that's great. You guys ended it quickly. Congratulations to you. I hope you guys had a great time in your parade celebration and all that good stuff. Now, moving away from that, it's time to get to some condolences in the sporting world. Uh, this week, the sporting world lost coaching legend Bobby Knight. People would say he was brilliant. People would say he was a bully. People would say he coached some of the most perfectly disciplined basketball ever played. 
and that he acted undisciplined in his own life. Hey, I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, Bobby Knight, he passed away this Wednesday in his home in Indiana after a lengthy illness. His family would announce uh, Bobby Knight. He won 902 games throughout his, well, his tenure as a coach. Uh, they will say that he would win three NCAA men's championships with the Hoosers. And they will say, including coaching the sport's most recent undefeated team in 1976. See, here's the thing. I don't know much about Bobby Knight. What I do know is all the antics about Bobby Knight. The whole throwing a chair onto the basketball uh, court. Uh, people talking mad crazy and, about Bobby Knight, saying that he was uh, uncontrollable. So you got certain people that would praise him, certain people that would say, yo, my man was just out there a little bit in the way that he would talk to the players and everything. Hey, to each zone, again, it was a different time back in the 70s, in the 80s. Hey, people did what they had to do. You can't get away with that now. But Bobby Knight, he's well-respected in the basketball world. People, again, People are going to like him. People are not going to like him. But I will say this right here. I want to read you something here because I wish I had the soundbite. I swear I wish. But I want to read you something here because this is what he would say whenever he had to address uh, the public about basically people getting at him. He would say, when my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want them to bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my ass. Bobby Knight, see, that just, that right there just tells you everything you need to know about the man. The man was himself. He was just him. And again, you can look at all of his uh, press conference uh, situations, his talks on YouTube. You can see what he did on YouTube. People talk about him on YouTube. Again, I'm not a basketball fan, but just seeing some of the antics, like I said, my man Bobby Knight was a wild boy, but he got what needed to be done out of his basketball players. He got it out. So, I mean, if the tactics work, the tactics work. So, again, rest in peace to Bobby Knight. And, again, tell the critics, tell the BIM to, when I die, bear me upside down so they can, so the critic can uh, kiss my ass. That is a bar. That is a smooth bar. If you don't like a lot of people, you can get that off, and I don't think people would be too... Uh, too mad at that because everybody wants someone to kiss their ass whenever you get so upset and you become so untouchable and like you're the man. Yeah, you want to say that to a lot of people and Bobby Knight, he was able to do so. So recipes, Bobby Knight, go listen to other sports people's podcasts to hear about their reminiscence of Bobby Knight. If you want to go uh, about Bobby Knight fully, I just want to say condolences to the man. Next one up. This was in the media world in Hollywood. Soap opera star Tyler Christopher, better known as playing Nicholas Cassadine on General Hospital. He was pronounced dead uh, this week. A friend of Tyler Christopher reportedly found the late actor dead at his home after failing to hear from him. Sources with San Diego law enforcement told TMZ that officers responded to a 911 call from Christopher's apartment around 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday. The source said that a friend close to the late actor gained entry to the apartment by using a key that was given to him by Christopher. It is reported that the unidentified friend then found the star already dead in the bedroom. The source added that, according to police, Christopher had been deceased for some time already. And this would basically come out from his uh, General Hospital co-star 
uh, Maurice Bernard, better known as Sonny Corinthos on General Hospital, he would post on Instagram, it is with great sadness that we share the news of the passing of Tyler Christopher. Uh, Tyler passed away this morning following a cardiac event in his San Diego apartment. Tyler was a truly talented individual that lit up the screen in every scene he performed and relished bringing joy to his loyal fans through his acting. Tyler was a sweet soul and wonderful friend to all of those who knew him. <sighs> See, I watch General Hospital from time to time. General Hospital, boy, oh boy, they take too long to get to their storylines just for them to get cooking whenever it's time. They like to, like, dole and drag everything out. But anytime I got to see this guy on the screen as uh, Nicholas Cassidy, it was a great thing. And it was great for one thing specifically. Because my mother named my brother, uh, his middle name is Nicholas off of this guy, Nicholas Cassidy. So anytime I got to see this guy on screen and hear the name Nicholas, I always thought of my brother. Uh, so that was always a great thing for me. But when I got to see soap operas, they always move uh, the actors in and out, whether they're dealing with some personal problems or they're injured. They always uh, get another person to uh, play the act, the play the character. So whenever I didn't see this guy play the character for some time, I always wondered like, yo, where did he go? Apparently, he went to another uh, soap opera. He was doing stuff over there. Uh, I believe it was Days of Our Life. He was doing something over there. Uh, but yeah, man, this guy was great. This will always be my Nicholas Cassidy. I will uh, always remember him as being Nicholas. Whenever the character pops up now, I'm always going to think of this guy. So again, recipes to Tyler Christopher. I feel for his uh, two children, son and daughter. I feel for them. Uh Loving light and uh, wellness to his family, friends, and everybody that knew Tyler Christopher. Same thing for the people that knew Bobby Knight. Loving light to them. I'm hoping everybody is able to get through the sadness that they were had to deal with this past week. I really do. I really do mean that. So, loving light, all that good to them. Now, moving on to the next topic here, where I want to talk about uh, an earthquake that happened in Naples. They would say that more than 150 people in remote western Naples were killed. This is coming from the BBC. More than 150 people have been killed after an earthquake struck remote western Naples on Friday. Strong timbers were felt far away in the Nepalese uh, capital and in cities in neighboring India, including Delhi. The government said about 375 people have been injured. Some people have been able to be airlifted, but officials are worried about getting others out after nightfall. Um, people shouted around. The armed police came, and one person would shout, I am alive, too. First, they rescued my elder daughter before carrying her out and taking her downstairs. Unfortunately, they couldn't save my younger one. She was 14 years old. Three more tremors were felt within an hour of the quake. Local authorities urged people to stay outside for at least 24 hours as minor aftershocks are being reported in the area. There will be video footage of uh, local media showing crumbled facades or facets of multiple uh, multi-story brick houses just crumbled. People were pictured digging through rubble in the dark to pull uh, survivors from the remains of the collapsed buildings and posts on social media. So again, People out there in other parts of the world, they're dealing with uh, tragic, like, earth 
like earthly things, not human things, but this is earth that just happens to destroy you now. So people in other parts of the world are dealing with earthly disasters like this. And hearing a 150 people die because of an earthquake, that's insane. That's nuts. Hearing a big amount of numbers like that just being dead, that's never settling for the soul. So I want to wish, again, my heart's condolences are out to the people over there in Naples that lost 150 people. You got 375 people that are injured right now. You're probably going to lose some of those 375 people. Hopefully not, but my heart goes out to them. There's a lot of uh, devastation out here in the world right now, ladies and gentlemen, and we will continue on over here in stateside in New York. They will say at least 15 injured, some critical after a gas explosion and building collapse in uh, New York this past Thursday. Five of the individuals are first responders, one firefighter and four police officers, and of the other 10, eight are adults and two are children. The injured were stuck underneath the rubble of the collapsed building after the explosion and crews worked to remove them and transported them to hospitals. All of the victims remained in hospital as of Thursday evening. Some of the individuals have critical injuries and police say they appear to be mostly burned injuries. So we have that here. They will say the explosion happened after a gas leak ruptured during what was part of a routine maintenance. Uh, a person with Central Hudson and Gas and Electric would say the gas structure has been in the area for what is believed to be 80 to 90 years. Now, this happened in, I believe this is called Wappingers Fall, New York. I don't know this place at all. People in the New York area, they probably know what this place is. But again, natural disasters are happening in a lot of places. I don't like, this isn't a natural disaster, this is something, I don't know what it is, this is just during a routine maintenance, like, checkup, and this kind of explosion happened, that's, ugh, that's, uh, that's not good, that's not good at all, especially with New York having, like, certain places are bricked up, certain places are old, and they don't get worked on too much, so I don't know what happened here, I don't know what truly, truly happened, there's going to be probably some investigation going down to see what caused the gas explosion, like what really caused it, I'm hoping that nobody died from this, from what I'm seeing, there's injuries, but always the injuries could turn to something fatal down the line, so my heart goes out to them as well, so as you can hear, there's a lot of things that happened this past week just so far, but my heart goes out to all these individuals, all these people that uh, went through such traumatic incidences this past week. Now, moving over to the next topic that I want to talk about is Cornell University. Cornell University this past week had to deal with some un unnecessary uh, things. They had to deal with some threats being posted online. Um, Anti-Semitic threats were posted on the Cornell University's fraternity and sorority forum over this past weekend, including to kill Jews on the campus, which prompted a police response and intervention by the governor of New York. At least one of the posts threatening a shooting and using hurtful language towards Jewish people at Cornell Center for Jewish Living and Culture Dining Hall, and they would catch the man who would post up those well, threats on those uh, forums, and it's a 21-year-old junior 
Patrick Dye. Uh, he was arrested Tuesday and charged federally with posting threats to kill or injure another using interstate communications. The U.S. Attorney's Office for New York's Northern District announced the charge is punishable by up to five years in prison. Dye appeared in a Syracuse courtroom wearing an orange jail outfit and with his wrist shackled, he did not enter a plea. He responded, yes, your honor, several times after being asked questions by the judge. Dye remained straight-faced throughout the hearing, which lasted about 10 minutes. His mother sat in the second row. The prosecution moved to detain Dye on the basis of risk and danger, risk of flight, and Dye's defense attorney waived her client's right to a timely uh, detention hearing. He was reprimanded back to the custody of the U.S. Marshals. That was declined. So Dai will be scheduled to return back into court to November 15th. So I think he's basically staying in the custody of the U.S. Marshals. So basically he's going back into uh, his jail cell or wherever that he's being detained right now. Prosecutors would say that Dai published posts in an online discussion forum in which he threatened to kill and injure Cornell's Jewish students and shoot up the university's uh, private predominantly kosher dining hall 104 west and one post i wrote that he would bring an assault rifle to campus and shoot jewish people according to the u.s attorney's office now this would prompt uh for cornell university to kind of cancel um classes friday because of the stress that the campus was feeling after a student getting arrested after the threats being posted on their university forum so Cornell University has been going through certain things this past week. And I want to say this right now. Um, I don't understand it all. I don't. I don't understand why. Well, let me rephrase this. I understand the strong ties that people are feeling to the people over there that are dealing with this war that's happening over there with uh, Israel and Palestine and I can see people having some strong feelings to either side. Cool. Here's what I'm tired of seeing, especially over here in America where your asses are nowhere over there. You guys are getting into fist fights with one another over this situation. You guys are getting into shouting matches that lead into fist fights. Listen. You guys have your opinion, whether you're pro-Israel, pro-Palestine, that's your deal, that's what you want, cool, fine, whatever. But there should be no way, rhyme, or reason why you are over here on American soil, not over there in the Middle East, fighting on either side, Why over here in America, you decide to start putting up and posting threatening uh, messages online talking about you're going to kill Jewish people and certain people might even want to put up saying they're going to kill people that are pro-Palestine there's no reason you guys should be able to do that there's no reason you guys should want to do that this thing is happening over there in the Middle East you guys are safe your asses are literally safe over here in America there's no reason why you guys should be doing this this is nothing but a conversation that you guys are able to have with each other Yes, there's going to be some spirited conversations. There's going to be some shouting, some all that type of stuff. That's all that's supposed to happen. However, things are not supposed to get physical. As I said before, and I will constantly reiterate, 
you are over here in America where you are safe, where you know you're not going to get bombed out, where you know you're not going to get at any moment just straight up just destroyed in trance like the people over there in the Middle East where every second of the God-blessed day they have to worry uh, because either side is trying to destroy the other. You're safe over here in America. Have a spirited debate. Talk with one another. Try to understand each other's point of view. Do that. Don't try to do what this dickhead did over here. This was stupid. It was... Oh my god. I don't like seeing stupidity, especially whenever this is supposed to be an Ivy League school. When you go to an Ivy League school, quote-unquote, you're supposed to be one of the top smart geniuses or smart brains over here in the country. That's what an Ivy League is supposed to be surrounded themselves with. Yes, there'll be a couple of dummies somehow just get bypassed in there because either they have money or either their family has money, they got the legacy, whatever. And sometimes there's some civilian dummies that just happen to get in there by sure luck. But majority of the time, Ivy League schools have pristine, smart individuals. That's what the Ivy League is supposed to mean. But you mean to tell me you got a dickhead like this that was ready just to like throw his life away just because he wanted to stand for one side over the other. No, I don't rock with that. I don't like that. Again, you can have spirited debates. Do that. That's what college is for. You're there to find yourself. You're there to find people that you are cool with, you might disagree with, have actual debates with, and get actual some real life situations in hand, but still in a controlled environment. Out here in the legit real world, if you have a debate with someone just at whim, you might get popped in the face. You might get kicked. You might get ignored. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it, but campus, a college campus, if you have a spirited talk, a spirited debate, if you feel strong about something, guess what? You will should be able to speak with that person, come to an understanding, and say, you know what? You're Thoughts and opinions are your thoughts and opinions. My thoughts and opinions are my thoughts and opinions. That's it. But this right here, this was pure stupidity. And I don't like that college students feel that they have to feel afraid because of something that's happening over there in the Middle East that they have nothing to do with over there. Absolutely nothing. And they've got to now feel threatened because of somebody on the other side wanting to hurt them because they represent the other side. I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. I don't think anybody that's just watching would agree with what this guy did. It was dumb. It was idiotic. And he could be facing up to five years. I don't agree with that. But again, the court system, the court system, it is riggedy and ragged. It varies from different things, which again, making social media threats like this, it should carry higher charges than just up to five years. It should. Because you're 21, and again, you're in an Ivy League school. You know better than that. You do. There's no way you're going to make it make me feel a certain type of way and make me disagree on that. You know better. So this guy, this boy, he knew better, but he decided to still send it out there. As I said before, you're in college. You have the opportunity to agree, disagree, have these conversations with people. Do that. 
have that opportunity to do so. Because again, when you get into the real world, you won't be able to have these cyber-spirited conversations or debates. You're more than likely probably going to get punched, kicked, or ignored. And sometimes you might meet the right one that might actually be having a spirited conversation with you. It might convert you over to their side. That's all I'm trying to say with these things. But again, I feel sorry for the Cornell University students. I just truly do. I feel sorry for a lot of students around in the college areas because a lot of them are feeling that they got to be one side or the other in this whole thing that's going down in the Middle East. No, you could just be on the side of, yo, the innocents need to leave out and let those two duke it out and do what they need to do and call it a day. But again, time will tell what people are going to do, how people's emotions are going to flow as I want people to, again, understand, have those conversations, have those spirited talks with each other. But at the end of the day, realize that that's their opinion, that's your opinion, and nobody needs to get physical because you, as I said before, you are over here in America where you're not getting bombed out. While the people there in the Middle East, they're getting bombed out. So you need to cut the shit. Stop being stupid. Now, continuing on into the schooling world, I want to read you guys something here as the title of read should never be able to teach kids again. A Memphis, Tennessee woman says she was livid when she learned her nonverbal autistic daughter was allegedly verbally abused at school after she placed a recorder in her child's backpack, according to a local report. Naomi Miller's daughter, Carmony, a special needs student at Bruce Elementary has not attended school since early September. Her absence comes after her mother believed her five-year-old was having a bad experience there, so she put the recorder in her bag. She was screaming not to go to school and having a meltdown when she comes home. It's like, all I know is something is off, and the only thing that changed is you're going to school, Miller told the outlet. When she played the tapes back, she heard teachers allegedly bad-mouthing and complaining about her daughter. In one part of the audio, per the news station, the two women were heard saying, I was having a good day until she came, as well as other expletives, seemingly referring to Carmony. The people on the recordings reportedly talked about other students as well. The teachers calling my baby the B-word, and even more disturbing, Y'all come and tranquilize her. She needs to be in a special home. Like, are you serious? All because she was crying, Miller said to the news station. According to the outlet, Miller contacted the Memphis Shelby County School District to voice her concerns and give them the recordings. However, she claims she did not see much results and wants the people involved to be held responsible so her child can go back to school. They should never be able to teach kids ever again. All three of them need to be gone, and the principal needs to be held accountable, Miller would say. In a statement sent to WREG, the school district said it launched an investigation and the employee was removed from the classroom. Now, before I give you my reaction to that story, I want to read you guys another story because this story kind of coincides with my thought process on people, at least in the schooling uh, process. It's 
A story from Georgia. A Georgia elementary school employee has been placed on administrative leave after being accused of hitting several students and leaving welts on the back of at least one child, according to NBC's Atlanta affiliate WXIA-TV. Brittany Walker says she received a call last week from the principal at Henry County Dutchtown Elementary School who reported that her daughter, 10-year-old Navia, had been physically assaulted at school. He said the incident involved a staff member and was being investigated by Human Resources. Walker immediately went to the school to pick Navia up. She said, Mom, my back hurts. It's burning and it's stinging. The mom told the station. I looked at her back and when I pulled her shirt up, she had welts on her back. Navia says she was at the library and realized she didn't have a charger for her laptop, which allegedly angered the staff member. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the employee lined Navia and four other students who also forgot their chargers and hit each child as they left the room. Navia would say she literally hit us in our backs and we had two people that saw what happened. Another teacher came to take us to the quiet room where we could write a statement of what happened. Walker says she took Navia to Henry County Police Department and filed a report before taking her to the hospital. Walker is now asking that the employee be barred from ever working at any school system. Navia did not return to school for the rest of the week because the incident has been extremely upsetting. The AJC would report her mother is not sure if she will let her return to school at all because she feels the administration did not handle the situation well. The Henry County School System said in a statement that HR is investigating what they described as a staff member having an inappropriate interaction with students at Dutchtown Elementary. The employee will remain on leave during the investigation. Now, for both of these stories here, I hate both of them. I hate both stories. I hate that children were, well, in this story right here with the Wells, they were abused. And for the other story, they were kind of mentally abused because even though you don't put your hands on the kid, talking bad about a kid and a kid hearing it can cause some type of mental toll on them, especially when they're so young. Um, I hate that somehow, some way, we have slipped away from getting people that actually care about the future and caring about people teaching children. We've gone away from that. And we just somehow just throw people in there. It don't matter who you are. Hey, go in there, teach your kids. Cause Hey, we need that position filled because there's no way in the world that you allow one, a teacher, just to bad mouth a kid. Even if you're talking to another teacher, if you're going to do that, you don't do that in front of the kid. That just made that perfectly clear. You do that in like a teacher's like, room like a teacher's like lounge or something like that where all the other teachers meet whenever the kids are having like recess lunch or whatever they're doing you have those conversations of saying hey this kid has kind of been like antsy in the class has he been that antsy with you or has she been that antsy with you and you guys have those conversations and meetings there in the teacher's lounge where you guys can at least correspond with notes and figure some things out that's that that's when you guys have those conversations about students and with a teacher hitting a student that should never ever happen in any school those days are done those days should have been done some time ago like when i was a kid they were still trying to paddle kids in like the 
principal and like a sense of principal's office. That was during that time. I don't even think that's going down today because if a kid talks to their parents, say, hey, yo, I'm getting paddled at school. Hey, yo, dog, something's going to get done. There's social media now being covering everything. I mean, the school has a big old magnifying glass on it because whenever a kid is talking about they're getting abused or they got hurt out of school, that becomes news, whether it be local news or even sometimes national news. That's just what it is. So for a teacher or anybody in the school system to hurt or hit a kid, that time is over. And I'm just surprised how this was going on. And for this person just to be on leave during the investigation, I don't see how that's possible. This person should have been fired. Because if you look on uh, www nbcdfw.com and you just type in like Georgia Elementary School employee you'll probably get the article when I'm looking at and if you see it you see the girl's back and you see like some welts on her back and again they can kind of throw up saying well those welts are not from the teacher those welts were probably from somebody else listen the lawyers or whoever's going to be handling this situation that's the kind of argument that they could make there but just hearing that and hearing a kid saying that hey yo there's two other people that saw this and we got took to a quiet room to write a statement this kid knows and the school knows what happened so again I don't like that I don't think that certain schools have the right people in there teaching children I don't like that anymore. I don't, not even more. It should never happen in the beginning, but when you get a lot of these stories popping up, whether it be teachers sexually assaulting class uh, students, uh, now with sexually, well, assaulting, abusing, that's one. Abusing a kid physically with this story, mentally abusing the last one, I don't like that. And also with the last story, when I talked about the, uh, teacher being removed from the classroom it didn't say she was fired they just say removed from the classroom she probably got put into another classroom or another classroom with that but that teacher should have been fired or something because again if you talk bad about one kid right there and this is going to make the rounds around that school and at least the parents around that school what makes you think those parents don't know about the possibility of you talking smack about their kid and if a parent finds that out, that you're talking smack about their kid in a not-so-good way, let me explain something to you. You might catch a fist or a foot to the face. I'm just going to be blunt with you. Some parents don't play about their kids like that, like that. Like Some parents, they know their kid is bad, and they allow them to talk bad about their kid, whatever. Some parents, they know their kid is bad, but you're not going to talk bad about their kid. That's just off top. So again, you got to pick and choose how you speak about certain people's kids, even if you're with your colleague. Just as I said before, you're not supposed to do that in front of the kids. Somehow this person did it. And I'm not mad at parents keeping some type of tracking or some type of uh, voice of recorder in their kid's bag i'm not mad at that i think a lot of that stuff needs to happen now because that at least gives you a clearer insight of what's going on inside inside of some of these uh kids classrooms because again some of these teachers they don't teach right anymore it's just not the way that it used to be
And that's a crying shame because uh, a lot of these kids are feeling the effect of it. But, um, yeah, I hope that the schooling gets better for everyone from the people at the top of the universities for the problems going over there with the Middle East and how they're dealing with it over here in America to even the kids that are going from it from elementary to middle to high school because they're dealing with a lot of stupidity. Schooling in general has gone through a lot of stupidity, and I just wanted to change personally. And that's coming from a guy that hated school. He couldn't wait to get out. I want school to be better for these kids. I really do. Because, again, as I said before, the kids are the future. These are the next wave of people that's going to be up next at bat and trying to lead us into the future or whatever's next. These are the ones. So I hope that people will get themselves together, the schooling gets themselves together, and uh, everything will become fine once things get put in place and things get taken care of. So the kids will be getting a fresh start and hopefully getting a better future than what's happening right now. Moving over to the next topic here. Next topic, I want to talk about Sam Fried. Sam Fried, who was the founder of FTX, which is a crypto uh, trading platform. He has been convicted of fraud and conspiracy, and he faces up to 110 years in prison. Uh, the jury did deliberate. They said a little over four hours before reaching a verdict on Thursday. So once they came down with uh, him being guilty, he was found guilty of seven counts of fraud, conspiracy, and money laundering. And what they're saying is uh, being described as one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. Sam was accused of using customer deposits on the crypto trading platform to cover losses at his hedge fund pay off loans, and buy lavish real estate, among other personal expenses. So with him being convicted of all those counts, he could face up to 110 years in prison. His sentencing was to be scheduled for March uh, 28, 2024. However, with that being said, he also has another trial set up for more counts as severe as this and that is set up for March 11th 2024 so while he is battling the new uh counts for the second trial while he's doing this he will find out how much time he's going to be spending in prison while he's more than likely in his second trial that's insane so Again, I'm not too familiar with crypto and I'm not going to act like I do know all that stuff is about. Like I said, I've watched uh, a couple shows here and there talk about cryptocurrency. I've listened to a couple people talk about cryptocurrency. I never ever got into that market. I never truly understand any of that. I like having money in my hands and I like seeing what I'm trading for. If I'm going to give money up or like buying, I like seeing that in my face instead of trying to like go on some type of website, put my money in, and all that stuff gets digital currency out. I don't deal with none of that. That's kind of weird to me. If anything, I'm just going to go to Wall Street. Whenever I get money, money up, I just rather go to Wall Street and have a guy deal with that if I'm going to play that type of game because Wall Street and stocks, that stuff is never going away. It seems to me that crypto was supposed to be the new kids on campus to try to take over stocks and try to kick stocks to the curve. 
Apparently, that didn't work. Some people were able to get their money in when crypto was at its highest peaks, when everything was good and everybody was able to cash in, get out. But certain people, you heard a lot more people kind of crashing and not recoup their money when they were doing this whole crypto trading business. But for this guy right here, Sam Fried, this is insane. He took money to cover largest losses from a hedge fund. I don't know what a hedge fund is, even though I'm watching billions and they're talking about hedge fund and this and that. I'm still trying to pick up on what they're doing and I get it a little bit, but that's a lot of working that they're doing to just do that. Uh, he had to pay off loans with the money. Loans from what? They say he bought lavish uh, real estate. So that tells you right there and among other personal expenses. So I wonder what type of cars, what type of personal items this guy had for him to like really just be taking people's money like that and just do whatever he wants. But yeah, man, if you got money and I mean money, money, either a just keep it with you and uh, invest in businesses or do stock. That's all I'm thinking, because, again, stock has been around for so long and I don't think it's ever going anywhere. There's always going to be new kids on the block like crypto. What was the other one? They were trying to do something else besides crypto. I believe it was NFTs at one point. NFTs kind of went down the drain as well. The only thing that still stayed is still like the stock market. So again, money, money, go to do the stock stuff or just invest in businesses. And that's the only way you will keep money or at least have money around that you can actually see if you invested in some business. But this guy, he's going to sit up his life like effectively over because if he goes into prison for 110 years his life is literally done that's literally like two people's lives roll into one for 110 years that's if they find him well they found him guilty but if they decide to give him 110 years that's just insane so sam fried i wish you the best i wish your family the best to be honest and i wish the people that you uh took money from and kind of scammed the best too and i don't know how they're gonna get their money back either i just uh wish everybody the best in the situation because 110 years for a white collar crime ugh, i have never heard of that much but hey man it is what it is that just tell everybody if you're going to scam this white collar please know what you're doing because you uh might go down like this guy now next up what i would like to call my next subject i want to talk about and it's updates updates on news topics that i've been talking about this past year the first one i want to talk about is the montgomery brawl that happened two months ago two white defendants in the brawl have pleaded guilty uh the first one was a richards roberts of selma he entered a guilty plea of two counts of misdemeanor assault against the co-captain of the harry to uh riverboat and a 16 year old deckhand on the boat both of them would accept the guilty pleas so robert will serve 32 days of a four-month uh, suspended jail sentence. He is to serve on the weekends in a Perry County facility, compete, uh, complete excuse me, 100 hours of community service, and pay court costs totaling $714. The records would show, while the second uh, defendant, Mary Todd, also of Selma, pleaded guilty to misdemeanor harassment in the assault. She was ordered to attend anger management class and pay $357 in court cases. Uh, neither Roberts nor Todd will pay fines in the case. The proceedings against their co-defendants, Zachary 
uh, Shipman and Alan Todd were continued until November 16th. They both were charged with misdemeanor assaults. So we have that here. And the fifth person, a Mr. Reggie Ray, you better know him as the guy who picked up the chair and started hitting people uh, with the chair. He will be hearing his uh, case out on November the 16th as well. So we have that stuff going down. I'm glad we get updates about uh, the Montgomery Brawl situation. Everybody at that time when the Montgomery Brawl incident happened, we all had our eyes glued to it, especially with social media getting their hands on it and they're making fun about the incident that happened. Everybody uh, doing what they did. I'm glad we're getting updates. I'm glad I'm here to provide that with you. And I'm glad that at least something is coming about it. Even though it's just slap on the wrist for the people that caused the fight to happen, at least they're getting something instead of just walking away. So that's the first update I want to bring to you. The second update is the Virginia uh, teacher that was shot by the six-year-old uh, this past year. It was announced this past week that a judge ruled that her $40 million lawsuit against a school system over claims of negligence by school administrators can't press forward. The surprise decision by the Newport News Court means that Abby Warner could get much more than just workers' compensation for the serious injuries caused by the shooting. Uh, lawyers for the Newport News Public Schools have tried to block the lawsuit, arguing that Warner was eligible only for workers' compensation. It provides up to nearly 10 years' pay and lifetime medical care for injuries. Warner's attorneys countered the workers' Compensation doesn't apply because a first-grade teacher would never anticipate getting shot. It was not an actual risk of the job. So now they can continue on pressing forward now, and she might can get more than that. And I think the teacher should because, again, nobody expects to get shot, especially in a first-grade uh, student, so young, six-year-old, bringing a gun in. She wouldn't even, nobody expects that, so I'm glad she's able to press on and get money. That's all I'm asking for. I hope the teacher gets money and also hope that the school system learn from this and starts checking people's bags. Even at the small age of six and first grade, you got to check people's bags now. Again, the world is crazy. It's damned. You just got to do what you got to do now. So I'm glad that they have this more up. Whenever more information comes about, I'll bring it to you. So that's that update. Next one up, um, as it's come from Insider, the jail mom of a Michigan high school shooter now blaming the husband, the prosecutors would say, and it's talking about the Crumleys. Uh, prosecutors would say that Jennifer Crumley might try to place all the blame on her husband during the upcoming manslaughter trial. Court records would show Jennifer and her husband, James Crumley, are both facing involuntary manslaughter charges in connection of the Oxford high school shooting that happened in November of 2021. Um, in the first of its case of its kind, the parents are accused of making a firearm too easily accessible to their son and ignoring warning signs that he was depressed. Both parents face up to 60 years in prison if convicted. In a Monday court filing, prosecutors say that Jennifer Crumbly may attempt to blame her husband during their trial, which is set to begin in January. Um, so we have that here. They would say that the defendant, James Crumbly, should be aware of the fact that defendant Jennifer Crumley has placed blame on him in jail communications. Prosecutors wrote the prosecution did not elaborate on the referred jail communications, which could include monitored phone calls or conversations with other inmates, among other interactions. 
So they're saying that the wife might flip on the husband and put all the blame on him. And listen, it is what it is. The game's the game. It's all about self-preservation. Whenever you're not trying to go to jail, you're going to try to preserve yourself. You're going to uh, flip on your partner, snitch on whoever you got to snitch on to get the best deal. So I would probably expect that here from the wife on the husband. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But whoever talks first usually gets the best deal. And speaking of that, this leads technically into the next uh, update that we have here as it was reported by the Associated Press. Former Memphis police officer pleads guilty to federal charges and Tyree Nichols' death. Uh, the first of the five officers charged in the case to admit guilt. He would do this Thursday. Desmond Miles Jr. entered his plea during a hearing at the Memphis Federal Courthouse as part of a larger agreement under which he will also plead guilty to relative charges in state court. It wasn't immediately clear if any of the other officers would follow suit. Attorneys for three of the other officers declined to comment at the moment. So we have that here. Miles pleaded guilty to federal charges of excess force and obstruction of justice and agreed to cooperate with prosecutors. The final sentencing decision rests with the judge. Miles remains free on bail ahead of his May 22nd sentencing hearing. So he's the first one to flip. So with that, he's more than likely going to talk and coerce and uh, say whatever the prosecution wants him to say so they can get a guilty well, verdict for all the other officers that happened to kill Tyree Nichols. There's no way you're going to say that they just beat up on him. No, we have the video. We saw it earlier this year. Disgusting video of it, of these officers beating the holy piss out of Tyree Nichols. Um, he's going to flip. Well, he's already flipped. It's already happened, but he's going to say everything that they need to say, and all of these other officers are going to basically go down. It doesn't matter anymore. The first one, who talks, gets the better deal, so he got the better deal out of every single one of these other officers, even if they decide to flip on each other now, it's kind of too late, so yeah, it's up to uh, them to try to make their best deal that they can, but they're not going to get the best deal as uh, Desmond Miles Jr. here, it's just not happening, because right now you already show there's a cracking y'all uh, police code of conduct uh, foundation, the whole no snitching policy on your end, so with him doing this, guess what, you guys are in a boat that is starting to uh, sink. So, what I would suggest for all you other officers that's in this uh, case, just plead guilty. So you guys won't have to go to court, won't have to uh, face the family of Tyree Nichols, which you will when you plead guilty, because I'm pretty sure the family wants to see your face and see the sentencing that you guys are going to get, but I would spare them, spare them the time of hearing you guys try to uh, make out the reasons why you guys did what you did to Tyree Nichols and excuse with excuses. Don't do that. It's disgusting. We all saw it. You know what time it is. So Desmond Jr., he got the best deal. Every single one of you ups, talk to your lawyers, see what else type of deals you guys can get because guess what? It's not going to be as good as Desmond, but you at least could get something. Next update I want to talk about is... Shaquilla Robinson, the family of Shaquilla Robinson, they are going to be pressing uh, lawsuits against the friends of Shaquilla Robinson that were at the trip when she died because the family still are awaiting answers. They have not gotten any answers at all. Uh, 
Sue Ann Robinson stated that the law firm she's employed at will be filing a civil lawsuit on behalf of the family following an investigation by the FBI and Mexican authorities that didn't result in any arrests. Sue Ann said that the family is tired, weary, heartbroken, and missing Shaquilla, but motivated by her legacy to keep moving forward on the path to her justice. So, yeah, I'm hoping that they get some type of justice for Shaquilla Robinson. For people that don't remember this story that happened, I want to say about a year ago, Shaquilla Robinson, she went down to Mexico with a couple of her friends there, and there was a video of her getting just absolutely just the shit beat out of her by quote-unquote one of her friends, and you just saw her not fighting back. I mean, I don't know what she was on. I don't know if she just didn't want to fight back. I don't know, but she just didn't fight back as a girl was just grabbing her by the hair, like popping her in the face and doing all this stuff while the other friends were just Letting it happen. Nobody stepped in. Nobody tried to break it up from what the videos show it. So that happened. She ends up dying there. Nobody ends up doing anything. They fly back to Mexico. Not Mexico. They fly back home without her. And they end up finding a body in Mexico. And well, this is where we're at. The police were supposed to. Well, police and FBI were supposed to uh, look into this. They end up finding no... uh, No harm well what i mean by no harm i mean like no type of evidence to convict or get any of the friends arrested which is insane to me because you have video evidence of someone beating that beating the shit out of this girl it's just insane to me how this uh situation never got to nobody being arrested i hope somebody gets arrested for this i really do because this should never have happened shaquilla robinson should still be with everybody around on the earth right now but as you can tell, that's not the case of where we're at, but, um, yeah, I hope that the family gives the justice that they want and that they deserve, and just like the last two updates that I just talked about, someone flipping, whoever's going to flip in the friend group, because it's going to happen, one way or another, whether it's by street justice or whether it's by legal justice, somebody is going to flip and whenever they do, it's going to be on camera or they're going to have some type of writing about it. Someone's going to flip. So whoever's in that friend group, best believe you better look at one another to figure out who's going to flip. And you better start anticipating when this is going to happen. Or you'll be the first one to flip and try to see if you can get the best deal so you won't go to jail or any of that. Because you guys know deep down in your heart, what happened to Shaquille Robinson was completely wrong. It was messed up and she needs justice. So I'm hoping that Shaquilla Robinson's family gets the justice that they uh, need for her. And my thoughts and prayers still go to Shaquilla Robinson's family. Now, with that being said, I think that's everything I wanted to cover today's episode. So it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I would like to thank all the podcast sites for having me up here because without them, I wouldn't be able to get this episode or this podcast out to you guys, the listeners. So I want to thank them and I want to thank you guys, the downloaders, because without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this. I'd be one guy talking into a mic, into a black void. Uh, So I would like to thank every single one of you. Now, always remember. I love you. I love you. I love you. I do love you all. I mean that. I do got to get a little bit of self-promotion out the way here. If you did not listen to my midweek episode, go listen to that right now. I talk about any and everything. And I also just end the song, well, end the episode with a song every Wednesday. So that's my midweek episodes. 
Also, if you are a wrestling fan, I do talk about wrestling. It's on my Saturday episodes, Wrestling Highlights of the Week. That's out right now. Also, WWE's Crown Jewel, it happened yesterday. I do have that uh, review up right now as well. So you had two Sunday episodes, today's uh, episode right here, and, well, Crown Jewel. So you have that there too if you want to listen to that. Um, always remember, I will be coming back with you guys every Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. That's kind of the way I work. I do appreciate every single one of you. Uh, now, with that being said, I do love you all. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. This is a goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sound of voice again. I love you. This is my Two Cents podcast presented by G2. He is I and I am him. Now, with that being said, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.